We bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before You and this new year, 2017, this is the day that You have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we are thankful, Lord, that we can begin our year by worshiping You. We seek this day once again Your guidance and direction for our daily life. And we pray, Lord, that uh, as we listen to Your Word, that not only would You open our ears to hear, but open our hearts to receive that Word, that gift of salvation. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, help us, Lord, to act upon that Word and live it in our everyday lives. Lord, we pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Those who have been chosen by God, holy and dearly loved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, patience, gentleness, Forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all of these things, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, as together you are called in one body. And finally, be thankful. Be thankful. And this is the very Word of our God, as it is found for us in Colossians chapter 3. Well, could you say that this was the best ever? The best Christmas that you've ever celebrated? Could you say that you received the perfect gift and even more? And not only that, the food, I don't know, the food was out of this world. And I'm sure that many of you enjoyed uh, the vacation, maybe away from school or work at least for a few days. And of course, who could forget the Christmas Gospel from last week. The precious news that God sent His Son into this sin-sick world to save us from our sin. It is exactly what we all needed uh, to hear. So praise the Lord and, and thank Him. And that's one of the reasons why I'm sure that you're here this morning. Surely it pleases God when we worship Him. I mean, how could we do anything less than after the Christmas gift that He has given to us? But here's the question. Are the praises that we sing, are the words that we speak, are they an appropriate thank you to God for all that He has done for us and the gift that He has given us this Christmas? You know, a long time ago, probably back in 1966, my grandmother uh, gave me a gift for Christmas. My grandmother didn't have a lot of money or material resources, but for this particular Christmas she gave me a keychain for my car, a 1964 uh, Volkswagen. Uh, This keychain had a set of uh, praying hands on it. And for one reason or another, I put the keychain in my drawer and I didn't put it on my keychain. About a week later, I took my grandmother to the store. Of course, grandmother immediately looked at the keys in my ignition. And I could see the look of disappointment on her face. I think my grandmother said something to me to this effect. She says, you thank me best when you use the gift and the gifts that I give you. 
What's the point in all of that? You know, God didn't just give us Jesus for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. He loves to hear our thank yous in worship all year long. But those become almost a disappointment when we do not thank Him by using the gift that He has given to us in the gift of Himself. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I would ask that you would open them to the epistle lesson from Colossians chapter 3. I want to begin by looking at a verse right in the middle of this text, verse 15. To me, it kind of stands out. It says simply this, Be thankful. You know, today we have gathered together in God's house to say thank you for the blessings that God gave us in 2016. Not only the physical blessings, but the spiritual blessings that He's bestowed upon us. But we've also come together to seek God's guidance and direction for this new year of life. So the text here really tells us how we can thank God for our Christmas gift. Take a look at verses 13 and 14. The first way we say thank you to God for Jesus is to yield ourselves to His rule in such a way that we live in true harmony with others. Now, if ever there was a challenge to live in harmony with others, it's today. That challenge has always been present among Christians of all ages. I don't know about your life, but sometimes in my life, I have a hard time living in harmony with myself. We have a difficult time living in harmony some days with the people in our family, the people in our church. And then, of course, if you look at our nation, and you see the disharmony after the elections, the presence and the reason that Paul writes this particular letter to the church at Colossae is that they were a congregation of people that were not on the same page. They had disharmony wherever they turned. This congregation was made up of many different kinds of people. There were Jewish people, there were Greeks, there were Gentiles, there were Scythians, there were free people, and there were slaves. They disagreed about just about everything. They disagreed about how is a person saved. They disagreed about this subject called circumcision. They disagreed about what kind of food was acceptable to eat. What kind of food is kosher? The only thing I can't read here, I can't find, is that they didn't disagree about the color of the carpet in the church. Nor did they disagree about the kind of music, whether it should be traditional or contemporary, but I'm sure that day would come. Again, all these disagreements that they had. So what does God the Holy Spirit tell them to do concerning their sharp disagreements? He tells them this. Put on a spirit or a heart of compassion. Now the word put on there is translated in the Greek to be clothed. To be clothed with compassion. Again, in biblical times as well as today, you can tell a lot about a person sometimes by just looking at their clothes. Their clothes may give away what they do for a living. Think about John the Baptist. 
What kind of clothes did he wear? He wore this camel hair suit, which identified him with Elijah from the Old Testament. The one who would prepare the way for the Lord. And then, of course, you have Mary, the mother of Jesus. How does she clothe the Christ child? With swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes imply to me humility. But swaddling clothes would also identify Jesus to the shepherds. When we worship, our clothes send a message. Pastor Don today is wearing a white robe. comes from Revelation chapter 7. It is a reminder that Christians have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. But before I go any further this morning, it is important for us to point out and understand who does the clothing. Who does the dressing? Who does the putting on? It's critical to understand this because it's critical to understand how we are saved. Isn't it true that our sinful human nature always thinks that we can earn God's favor? that we can somehow make ourselves acceptable before God. Pastor Don had that great joke today. I don't know where you're getting your material from, but Adam and Eve. Remember Adam and Eve in the garden sinned against God. And they tried to do what? Cover themselves, clothe themselves. And they tie what? Fig leaves together. How often do we fall into the same sort of trap thinking that we, by our works, can make ourselves acceptable to God, that we can clean up our act? No doubt about it, we are sinners. But God chooses us regardless of who we are or what we have done. It's the Gospel. He redeems us in Christ so that we might live as His people. In this lesson here, Paul uses an assortment of words to show that God takes the initiative. That God acts upon our behalf. That God initiates every relationship with us. Notice here, He calls us. He chooses us. He loves us. And He even clothes us with His righteousness. Our relationship with God is based only on God's gracious call. The forgiveness and the new life that He gives us in Christ. Now for me, that relationship began when I was just a few days old. In the waters of holy baptism. You know, there was nothing in me that God should call me to be His own. Nothing. Infant baptism is a prime demonstration of how God saves all of us by His grace. We always want to claim that there's something that we do or that we can add uh, to make ourselves acceptable to God. There's nothing in me. Nothing in us. Again, there was nothing of value that would cause God to issue His call to me. That was reinforced in my life uh, during my teenage years. 
You know, when I go to bed at night, I've probably told you this before, but I was convinced that if I died in the middle of the night, I'd probably end up going to hell. Because I didn't always have great thoughts about my brother, Oliver. I often thought bad things, so I often did bad things. I knew the law really well. The soul that sins, it shall die. All have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. I understood that. But I didn't understand God's grace. I'm thankful that I had parents and grandparents and pastors and teachers who helped this slow learner understand the truth about God. Yes, God is a God of justice. God can't stand sin. He will not put up with it. But I also heard the rest of the story that God sent His Son, Jesus, to take upon Himself our sins. It's the Gospel. The grace of God. And I eventually began to understand that my good works could not earn me heaven. They're extremely important, but in their proper place as a thanks to God for all that He has done for us. Think about it this way. Touched by God's call. We are to mirror His love. So the Colossians here are encouraged by God to receive the garment that He has won for them through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Again, this garment has certain characteristics. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Gentleness. Patience. Let's take a look at a few of these. First of all, compassion. Compassion is one of those words that literally comes from the gut. Having compassion for someone else. Sometimes I think that I have compassion for other people. Compassion literally has to do with mercy too. Literally to walk in someone else's shoes. But compassion in the Greek literally refers to the merciful action of God toward His people. There is real compassion. The compassion that God had for lost sinners like us. The word kindness is also exclusively used to describe God's action toward His people. When the kindness and the love of God appeared, He saved us. Not because of the righteous things that we have done. And then there comes the word humility. In Greek thought, humility is a negative word. And in our culture, humility is a negative thing. Because humility says that you're going to allow people to run roughshod over you. Or humility, by many people, is seen as a sign of weakness. You know, it's a rare day when you see someone from Hollywood or someone from politics who has a spirit of humility. But humility is not a weakness for a Christian. Rather, it is a reliance upon God's strength. How important it is for us to remember that as we enter a new year. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Don't rely upon your own strength. Rely upon God's strength. In God's eyes, humility is a profound gift. 
Then there comes the next word, patience. Again, in Greek thought, patience is a negative word. Same thing in our culture. Patience is a negative thing. Because patience suggests people who put up with anything. But patience in the Greek literally means long-suffering. If there's anyone who's long-suffering with us and patient with us, it is Christ. You know, there's a favorite passage of mine that I would be so bold to ask each of you, each of your families, to repeat every day in the month of January. In fact, I would be so bold as to challenge you and your families to memorize these words from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. My wife and I already started this this morning in our devotion. Paul writes this, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I live by faith in the Son of God I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. Let me repeat that one more time. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. That passage to me is so critically important because it helps us to understand and see that we have been called and loved and chosen by God in His great love. It is His great love that changes our life so that we can become more like Him. Pastor Don, I really appreciate the way you started the service today. You know, resolutions. Our world is into resolutions. Our world thinks that it can somehow change itself. I've tried resolutions before. How long do they last? I already stopped at Tim Hortons this morning for a donut. <clears throat> I inevitably fail. And when I fail, I feel guilty. Yet I also know that I live in forgiveness. St. Paul's words are your words and my words for 2017. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection are for you. You've been baptized into His name. You have been forgiven by the blood of Christ Jesus. His Spirit lives inside of you. And you are clothed with His righteousness. So again, remember these words as you embark upon this new year. It's those who have been chosen by God, holy and dearly loved, by the power of the Holy Spirit, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, Humility, patience. Forgive one another just as the Lord has forgiven you. And put on love. You know, that's the one gift that summarizes all of those other gifts. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart as you were called together in one body. And above all else, be thankful. Be thankful. God help us by His Spirit to do just that. We pray. Heavenly Father, today we uh, begin this new year and we uh, simply say thank you. Thank the Lord and sing His praise. This is the day that you have made. 
and help us, Lord, to rejoice and be glad in it. Help us not only to rejoice in it, Lord, but help us uh, to use the gift that we have been given, the gift of our salvation, to make an eternal difference in the lives of those around us. We pray for this church. We pray for the individual members of this body of believers. And we pray, Lord, that you would use us and the gifts that you have given to us. Lead us and help us as we worship you, as we study your word together this year, as we witness and as we work together so that all people might come to know you as their Lord and their Savior from sin. Lord, we pray and we ask this in your name and all of God's people said, Amen.